Good morning, City O'Neill Church. How are you guys doing? I just want to extend a special welcome to those of you that are tuning in online. Our Poch congregation isn't having in-person celebrations today uh, or next Sunday, but they will be meeting tomorrow. And so many of them are tuning in uh, with us today via Facebook and YouTube, and you'll be able to get all of our messages on uh, our app as well. Uh, are, you, are you expecting for the new year? You guys look very excited. This is like the most exciting. Are you ready for the new year? Ah, that sounds a little bit more like there's somebody in the room here with me, not just people watching me online. But um, friends, I want to ask you, if you had to reflect back on New Year's Eve 2022, what went through your mind? What were some of the things that you were expecting or hoping to see happen in 2023? Did, did any of those things come to pass? Did you see some of those things come through? Or, or, or are you looking back with a little bit of disappointment, a little bit of frustration, maybe asking yourself the question, well, Lord, I was hoping... For all of these things to happen, but I'm feeling a little bit disappointed. Not just disappointed in my maybe in myself or my circumstances, but perhaps I'm a little bit disappointed with you. We've been speaking about finding peace in in times when we feel like we're missing peace. And today's message, I'm trusting, is going to encourage us, empower us, uh, and, and, and enable us to be able to experience more of what God has. A purpose for us so that we would be able to walk in that peace even in the times of disappointment. Some of us, uh, perhaps at this very moment, you're facing uh, a challenge with one of your children who's consistently chosen to, to make some bad decisions, one after the other. And your prayer has been, Lord, can, can they please just turn towards you? Can they please just come and walk in your ways? But they continue to walk away. Maybe you started this year hoping that you'd be married by now, and you're not. Or you were hoping that you would have a better marriage by now, and it still doesn't really feel like that has happened. Maybe you have been stretched and challenged uh, beyond what you think you could handle. So many people during this time of the year experience depression and loneliness and isolation, and they're struggling in their lives. But I want you and I to see today, I'm trusting as I share with us, that even if you maybe are not feeling like you are um, in this place of despair or disappointment or frustration, uh, perhaps it'll this will help you to be able to walk uh, in, in greater fruitfulness and maybe even journey with people uh, that are going through that. Uh, just yesterday, I went uh, with my brother-in-law to go and buy some food for the family and, and then I had this, this encounter, this moment. I, I, I don't know if it just happens to pastors, but this happens to me a lot, okay? I find myself in a shop, and then I bump into somebody that I haven't seen for quite some time. And then almost, almost automatically, they begin to share with me something of their struggle, something of their disappointment, something of what they have been going through and struggling and wrestling through. And I'm just like waiting for my takeaways and... Having to, having to have this encounter. And I'm so profoundly aware of the fact that people experience disappointment and all of us are wanting to find peace 
but it is difficult. And so I want to ask you this question. What do you do when you feel like God has let you down? And one of our key texts we're going to be looking at today is found in Luke chapter 2. Just to give you a bit of context, um, up until this point, it had been around 400 years since the Jews had heard from God. The prophets were silent. They obviously had the Torah, the written word of God, but at no point did they have during this 400 years that they have a prophet or somebody that would rise up to speak on behalf of God, where they would, would have this real sense that God is with us. God, we know about you, we've trusted you, we've walked with you, but it feels to us like you've become distant and silent. I don't know if you may be experiencing something of that, but in the midst of the silence, God breaks through and begins to speak in Luke chapter 2. Um, two. And so we see these shepherds, they're busy uh, tending their flocks. Uh, this passage was read already during the worship. But I'm going to read for us again uh, from uh, verse 10 to 12 of chapter 2. He says, don't be afraid. He said, this is the angel that appears to the, to the shepherds. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Yeah. The Savior, yes, this, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born to you today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, I want to just pause here for a moment. When, when God intervened, when, when the heavens opened, when the angels spoke, he did not proclaim to us saying, oh, you need advice. So I've sent you a counselor. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe, maybe you, need, you need education. So I'm going to send you a teacher. Or maybe actually, you know, the, the laws of the country and, and what's happening. We need some changes in our policy and things. So let me send you a politician. No, what did God send? God sent a Savior. Because He knew what we really needed. We needed forgiveness. We needed hope. We needed peace. We needed salvation, friend. Salvation from our sins, from our, 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 our wrongdoings. And the things that would draw us away from God. So he continues to say in verse 12, And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth laying in a manger. When he speaks about a sign, friends, that's, what does a sign do? I know many of you are like, I know, I think I know. I think I know what a sign does. A sign points to something. Am I right? It reveals, it brings a great, it, it grabs our attention so that we would see what is really important. And so we see this sign that was given. Now, the sign is that there would be a baby born in a manger. A baby who didn't, it wasn't, God didn't come as a king in royal robes. With pomp and ceremony, we didn't see a, you know, the baby lying there with a little halo. God came as a baby born in a hollowed out cave, in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths. In actual fact, the same cloth they used, they also used when burying someone. It was a sign, friends. A savior would be born. A king would be born who was destined to die. A savior king was born. 
Verse 13 to 14 says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Friends, glory to God. Glory and honor and majesty and power belong to Jesus. And it's out of this place of God proclaiming his glory that he also then begins to proclaim his peace. Peace on earth. But friends, if we look at the story, and we're going to be looking at it a little bit more, it seems to me, from my observation, that Mary and Joseph and those who were involved in the story did not actually experience much peace. In actual fact, their whole life was turned upside down. They experienced everything but peace. And we'll be asking this question today. This is the title of my message. What do you do when you're disappointed by God? When you feel God has revealed something and said something and has promised you some things, but you're just not seeing it happen. And I want to take a moment to pray for us as we get into God's Word together. Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray. Every person hearing me today, Lord, every person in this room, every person watching online, Father, I pray that you would so reveal your heart and life, your purpose and your plan, that we would walk in the peace that you provide, Lord. Thank you, Father, that even in the midst of what many of us might experience as, as, as frustration and disappointment, struggle, a lack of peace, that you, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, would be revealed, that you would save, that you would heal, and that you would restore. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Friends, we see this story pick up of this young couple who, whose lives are basically, they've got plans, they've got things they want to do, they've got things they want to accomplish in their lives, but it is changed and transformed as God comes into the picture. And for many of us, if you look at it, you'll see that, that in actual fact, they are real people, friends. They're not just a story. It's not just a story, but these are a real people that experienced real challenges and joys like you and I. And it would seem to us that they go through a very difficult season, all because they chose to follow God's will and plan. Have you ever experienced something of that in your life? Lord, I'm doing what you told me to do, but it doesn't seem like you're with me. It doesn't seem like I can experience your voice, the blessings, the favor, the opportunities you promised I'm, I'm not experiencing. Where are you, Lord? So if I could use a little bit of um, poetic license, a little bit of a, a modern twist on our Mary and Joseph story, Let's suppose, Joe, we'll call him Joe. Joe has decided to propose to Mary. So he's arranged a, a, a surprise rendezvous on Bethlehem Bridge. He's arranged a sneaky photographer who's going to hide behind certain parts. The lights are going to be just right, just the right time of day for the best photo photos to be taken. In a surprise moment, Joseph would kneel down and say, Mary, will you marry me? 
The moment it's captured, Mary immediately shares it on Instagram. She gets more likes than she's ever gotten before. It goes viral. Everybody's so happy for Mary and Joseph because they are going to get married. They've got great plans. They, they're going to get married, you know, here in the springtime. And they've been saving up. Joseph's been a good, good guy. He's been saving up to take them on honeymoon to a nice exotic resort in Rome enjoying something of the scenery along the way. Once they've married, they've got some plans to, you know, pay off Joe's um, trade school, you know, loans so that they they can make sure that they don't go into their marriage in debt. They're going to save up to be able to buy a small apartment. Joe's going to start his business of carpentry and building furniture and homes for people. And eventually he's going to grow to a place where he can hire some extra help. And when he's got some extra help, then the time will be right where they feel like they've got enough money to have children of their own. Now, many of us that are around you, you're like, that's not how it goes, eh? (laughs) You never have enough money to get married and you never have enough money to have children. You never have enough money to do anything that you want to do. But you trust and you hope and you pray and then you allow God to do what only he can do. So once he's now hired some help, they would begin to have some children. But we see God interrupts all of their plans. Have your plans ever been interrupted? Perhaps it felt to you like God had nothing to do with them because sometimes those plans get interrupted because of our decisions and our mistakes. Sometimes where circumstances in, in the world and other people's decisions and choices, they weigh in. But sometimes, truly, we believe God's speaking and telling us to move in a particular direction, and then we begin to do that, and then it feels to us like, whoa, 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 all hell's breaking loose over us. And so, we see in this moment a similar encounter for Mary. She is a young teenage girl engaged to be married, and she has an encounter with God. An angel appears to her. And tells her that she is blessed and favored. And that she is going to be used by God to usher into, to bring into the world the Savior of the the world. God's only son. She's going to give birth to him. And not only is that going to happen, but God's going to be involved in every part of her life. She asks the same question that you and I would probably be asking if God was telling us, it's like, but how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. I'm, I'm engaged to Joseph. Uh, you know, I've got a couple of plans. How is it all going to happen? God says, no, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. You're going to become pregnant. And then she says these very powerful words. Friends, you and I need to see this. Her response should be our response every single time. Let it be according to your word. When God speaks to us, we don't see the details, we don't see the path ahead, but we can trust Him in His plans and His purposes because He is good. But now imagine, Mary is like excited, Joseph, I want to tell you, God, I met with God. God didn't just speak to me in an audible voice, an angel appeared to me. I don't know how many married couples or couples around me like, yes, I cannot believe it. How blessed are you? What did the angel say to you? Well, he he told me that I'm going to be pregnant. Actually, I'm already pregnant. 
Wait, wait a minute, Mary. Let me just explain. Help me, help me understand. Like you're, like you're my bride, and you're pregnant, and you're telling me it's by the Holy Spirit. I'm struggling to compute, struggling to embrace the good news that you've brought me. Can you imagine the emotions that they would have felt? The struggle. They've got all these plans, all these wonderful things. And in the midst of it, God's purpose and plan begins to unfold. And it doesn't go the way they had planned. Can you imagine how they've had to, what they had to do? I mean, Joseph's response is, he's a, he's a really good guy. He tries to sort the situation out as best as he can. We see this in Matthew chapter 18, uh, 1, verse 18 to 19. It says, this is how the birth of the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together or, you know, slept together, they, they were keeping it straight, very good couple, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the Lord. He yet, uh, and yet did not want to expose her to a public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Divorce her quietly? I thought they were engaged. I thought they weren't married yet. But you see, friends, in, in the Jewish tradition, there were two parts of your marriage process. The first part was an engagement, and the other was then the marriage ceremony. The engagement was called a kiddushin, which was the engagement. It was like a, a contract that was signed, sealed, and delivered. You, you were not only betrothed, but you, it was as if you were already married at this point. And then later on, there would be the ceremony where they would have the big party and then also consummate the marriage. And it was such a serious reality, this engagement period, that if the husband died, the wife would automatically become a widow. And if you understand that the Middle Eastern cultures, for someone that was a widow, they, they were stripped of a lot of the opportunities and access that they would have had normally if you were a young single woman or a married woman. So this was a big deal that Joseph was willing to divorce her quietly. He's trying to keep her dignity, but at the same time, they're dealing with a very real challenge. Can you imagine? You've got a marriage planned. You've sent out invitations. You, you're still you know, choosing the flowers and the colors. Now you've got to tell everybody, sorry guys, um, marriage is off. No wedding happening. Oh, what? What happened? Oh, yeah, no, we all know what happened. Hey, oh. I thought, oh mm. all, all of the disgrace that would go with that, the humiliation, the betrayal that Mary and Joseph would, would have experienced. And Mary, in this instance, had done nothing wrong. She was pure, blessed amongst women. That's what, that's what the angel says. Mary, you are blessed among women. God has chosen you. I don't know if you have experienced God speak, but I want to tell you that God speaks that over each and every one of us. But when we receive that word of blessing, we need to also understand that what comes with it is something of God's purposes and plans that often don't run the way that we had planned or would have liked it to go happen. So she's asking this question, wait a minute, Lord, how could this happen to me? I had so many hopes and dreams, but they've just not happened 
you might be looking at your year gone by and said, Lord, I just haven't accomplished the things I wanted to accomplish. I had, been, I had, better, I, I had hoped that I would be better in my schooling or, or that my career would have advanced further, but it just hasn't happened. Perhaps you've been going through some things in your marriage and, and you have still struggled and, and it's not really moved in the direction that you were hoping for it to happen. I know so many who have been trusting God for children and yet another year has gone by finding themselves being without a child. I also know some who have lost children and loved ones and you're going to go into this Christmas season with someone missing from the table. I realize that we experience disappointments, all of us, but I'm trusting that we could see God's hand in it. I want to share with us two truths that will help you and I to understand some of these truths. And, and if, if you're not struggling at the moment, if you feel like you're in a good space, perhaps you could share this with someone that you might bump into at the spa or at the takeaway place who you see that are struggling with some aspects in their lives. The first truth is that I don't have to understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. I don't have to understand the plan to, to know or to trust God has a purpose. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21 is very well known. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose that prevail. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I'm so thankful that, God, that people's opinion doesn't determine the outcome of my life. I'm so glad that the economic ups or downs or oil prices or political situation does not determine God's purpose over my life. Because I've seen in, this, in the many seasons I've gone through in my life, I've seen the faithful hand of God at work in my life. I know that even in the disappointments that I experience, God has a plan and a purpose for my life. For Mary and Joseph, they were wrecked and disappointed. They were asking, now what? What are we going to do? Joseph wants to divorce her. He wants to make a plan, make, make a, a, something good out of a bad situation. We see in verse 20 and 21 of, of Matthew chapter 1, it says, But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. I want you to hear these words, friends. Do not be afraid to follow God's purposes for your life. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. In the midst of our struggle, in the midst of what we might feel like we've lost our way, God's plan and purpose will prevail. There is purpose in the midst of the pain and the misunderstanding. And so you and I need to realize and understand and trust God that we don't always have to understand in order to trust God has a purpose. The second truth I want to share with us is that your disappointment with God might actually be a divine appointment from God. Your disappointment, my disappointment, the challenges and the struggles we experience 
may feel like it's a disappointment, but if we could see and trust God, we could possibly notice and begin to align ourselves in greater measure with God's appointment for our lives. I think back at a, a time in my life in about uh, the year 2015 as a church, uh, God was, was moving in our midst. We had seen tremendous, tremendous just uh, salvations. We trusted the Lord to, to actually um, uh, baptize 100 people in that year. And, and on our last final celebration that year, we, we baptized 106 people, a person, um, that Sunday. So there was great fruitfulness that was happening in the life of the church. Um, our building project uh, was beginning to get off the ground again. Things were beginning to move again for us as a church. But on a personal level, myself and my wife, we, we were going through some struggles, some trials. We were experiencing some disappointment. One of which was my wife had fallen pregnant for the fourth time. And there was a complication with the pregnancy. Now, those of you that know us, we only have two children. But during this fourth pregnancy, we went for our scan, and the doctor immediately diagnosed the, the baby with a cystic hygroma, which is a complication which normally either results in, in death before birth or complications after the birth. So this was a really serious reality. And the doctor was like, listen, my recommendation to you is actually terminate your pregnancy. And we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not what we planned. This is not what we were expecting. This is not what we were hoping for. What do we do now? And we had to take some time to pray and ask God to intervene, to give us wisdom. The church was praying. Everyone was praying. But sadly, the baby did not survive. What do you do when you're faced with disappointment? In our personal life as well, and just even in the church leadership, at the time, I was, I was having some boxing matches with my brother at every level. Elders meetings, if you ask Romk and Chantal, were not fun at the time. We were, we were boxing. We were frustrated. We were struggling. I remember one moment, literally, I'll tell you this story just a little bit. Maybe ease the mood a little bit. But I literally sat at Kubar here in, in, in Clarksdorf at the coffee shop, and we were having a conversation. The conversation didn't go where I was hoping it to go. And I flipped my lid. I, I lost it. I left. I paid the bill, got in my car, and left. I left my wife sitting at the table <laughs> with Mark and Marie. And my words to them was, I'm out of here. I'm done with this church. I'll find someplace else to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm out of here. I'm done with this this is not what I signed up for. I'm disappointed. Thank God we partner with an NCMI team and some guys that could come around us that I could contact and phone them and say, listen, I'm out of here. What next? And they could help us work through some of these challenges that we were having. As a church, God gave us these promises of, of planting churches and, and multi-corrugations in the region and impacting the city and the nations of the world and we weren't seeing that. We were trusting God for that. And in the midst of all of this, God opens the door for us to open a congregation at Fantasia Play Park. You guys remember Fantasia? Like kids' heaven. And Ainsley and I pray, and we feel, yes, Lord, this is it. This is what you've called. This is our opportunity. So we take some of our good friends. We start a congregation or a celebration. 
at Fantasia, and it's going amazing. We've seen people's lives impacted. We've got a great team around us, and we believe, God, you are doing something amazing. We've got congregation meeting at Peru, at Petit Hotel, and, and also at Fantasia, and we're just excited about what God's doing. But then a few months in, three months in, three of the couples on our team, our launch team, they all have babies. So I don't know about you, but it's, is it easy to come to church with a baby? It's not so easy. Never mind planting a church when you've got babies. So we go through and we're struggling and we're working and we're trying to get this thing off the ground, but it's hard. Lord, you promised congregations. You promised leading. You, you promised a, a fruitful and, and prosperous future, and I'm not walking in that right now. And during the year of 2016, it was so difficult because at every turn, it just felt like doors were closing. Lord, our, our family was going to expand. The doors closed. Our purpose and planning within the church, that feels like it's under attack. Your per- plans for, for multi-congregations and, and, and impacting our city is being squelched because within eight months later, we closed that celebration. And everyone came back to, um, together there at Peru. And it felt like we were taking two steps back rather than one step forward. What do you do when you're disappointed? I remember in that time, around August 2016, when we were closing this Fantasia congregation, we received a call for help from the congregation in Potchefstroom. They were in crisis. They needed help. And so our, what felt like us shrinking back, now adding more resources and time and to help this brother of ours in another city, which we planted but now, was now autonomous, had, had run its own course, they were in, in desperate need. So we started helping and sending resources and sending people and helping. And I was wondering and asking the Lord, Lord, how, why are we helping this church over here? We, we've got... Lots of stuff happening here. Honestly, I remember sitting in elders' meetings and saying, can we just cut the apron strings already? Can we just say cheers, bye, you know? I remember sitting in an elders' meeting one day and saying to elders' team, I said to them, friends, we've got to, get, we've got to send somebody to go lead there. That church needs to get off, off of the, our books there. We, we can't keep bailing them out, you know? Because I'm running the executive working here. And at one point, Mur- Murdoch pipes up. He's like, but why don't you go? Why don't you go pre? You go lead there. And I'm saying to him in my mind, I didn't say this out loud, but in my mind, I was like, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. You don't know how much I do around here. But he didn't know and I didn't know that during the year of 20, from, the, from June, June of 2016 till the end of 2017, 18 months, Everywhere I went, every place I went, I, I would visit, a, I'd go to Johannesburg for a pastor's connect, and some random person that I've only spoken to once in my life would say to me, yeah, Gareth, aren't you, aren't you going to plant a church? Someone else would bump into me and say, hey, Gareth, aren't you, you going to lead a church one day? And I'm like, listen, I'm very happy fulfilling a support role here. Mark's leading the team. We're, we're doing well. God's called us here. Clarkstop is the place. The word after word after word, 13 plus people approached me like that. 
And I was like, Lord, you, well, clearly you're speaking. Clearly you're speaking, Lord. And so we answered God's call. At the beginning of 2018, we relocated to, to Potch and we started taking on the leadership of that church there. And it was a four years of really hard graft and, and, and challenges, but in the midst of it, God's been speaking. And we were so, I'm so glad that I went through the hard 50, 2015 and 2016. Because as a result of what God was doing in me and in my wife and in us as a church, in our, our togetherness, in God's purpose and plan, God began to work things for the good. Because today, friends, we have a thriving congregation in Pashasrub. We together are, are trusting God to plant more congregations in the coming year, to increase, to, to step into more of what God has for us. Friends, your disappointment and my disappointment may just be an appointment from God. One of my favorite psalms that I, I would read often in those dark times was Psalm chapter 40. It's um, from the message paraphrase, and it says the following, I waited and waited and waited for God. Is that you right now? I'm waiting, God. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. At last, he looked. Finally, he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch, pulled me from the deep mud. He stood me on a solid rock. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song. So, uh, let me just get back to where I was, to our God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God, friends. Waiting on God brings us to a place of being on solid rock that we may be able to praise God, that others may find themselves also pulled out of the muck and the mire and have their feet put on the uh, place firmly on the, uh, of, on the rock of Christ Jesus, that they too would begin to sing. Friends, your disappointment, my disappointment, is God's appointment in our lives. Can we, can we allow God to, to intervene in our lives in that way? Can we not miss the opportunities that would happen? I'm sure for, for Mary and Joseph, they were asking this question. You know, they, they, get, they get summoned away from their hometown to go to Bethlehem, and now she's pregnant, and she's got to ride on a donkey. If you ever check that, a pregnant lady on a donkey is not the best thing. She's having contractions. They have to pass through robbers and, and areas of pain and, and struggle, challenges. They're not saying and hearing in their minds peace on earth. They're hearing hell on earth. But in the midst of that, friends, God speaks. He says his plans, his purposes will prevail. Because in the midst of that, his picture and his sign comes to pass. Mary, years later, three decades later, stands before a cross. This time, her son is not wrapped in swaddling cross. He's barely alive. He's barely clothed. Beaten bruised at the point of death and she must have asked this question but God 
where are you? This isn't what I had planned. God's purpose for salvation, God's purpose and plans in our lives do not always work out the way we planned, but it ultimately has a purpose and a plan for His glory. Jesus was willing to endure the cross. Jesus was willing to die for you and I, that we would know Him, that we would love Him, that we would be redeemed by Him, not for ourselves only, but for the glory of God. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. What was that joy? That joy was you and I. That joy was a relationship that we would have, a restoration. And this Christmas, I'm trusting, I'm praying that you and I would not overlook the significance of God's presence, Emmanuel, God with us, in the midst of my disappointment, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my lack of peace. God's presence is with you. He is with you. Matthew 1 verse 21, it says, Mary will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. You were God's, the one that God looked to. They went through all of this trial and challenge so that you and I would be able to experience what God has for us. Let's not overlook and miss God's purposes in our lives. Even though we might not understand, we would trust that God has a purpose in it. And today I want to encourage you, even as, as you're watching today online, that you and I would put our trust in Jesus. That we wouldn't allow our circumstances to dictate upon how we respond and our faith and love towards God. That we wouldn't lose heart in the midst of our trials. But that we would say, Lord, in the midst of the trial, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. Because I know you will answer. I know you will draw me up from the pit. You will place my feet on the rock. And you will let me sing a song again. Can I ask you in this season, can you sing over your struggles? Can you sing over that child who is rebellious and turned their back on God? Can you sing over your disappointments? Can you sing over your struggles? And allow God's peace to rule in your heart and life as you trust in Jesus. I want to ask the music team to come to the front for me. And I want to ask you to, to respond. I don't know what disappointment you have experienced. Maybe there's some unforgiveness in your heart right now. There's a, fa a family member or relative that's coming. And you're not really looking forward to seeing them. You need God to intervene in your life in this moment. Maybe you are in a place where you feel actually pretty excited. I'm feeling excited and, and full of faith for next year and what's to come. I look back at God's faithfulness. Can you and I have gratitude towards God that He's continued to keep us with Him and that He's been carrying us and that He will be faithful to accomplish the purposes He has for us. And so wherever you find yourself today, can I ask you to respond just in your heart? We're going to respond just with a, a song together. And as we do that, I want you to do business with God.